my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is about how to manage your energy when you regularly work long hours. I recently received a letter from a Before Breakfast listener who was dealing with this scenario. In her particular industry, she noted that she regularly worked 12 to 13 hour days. With no flexibility in terms of when I start or end my day, and obviously no working from home, and a 70-minute minimum commute, I'm struggling to stay afloat in terms of my relationships and self-care, our listener writes. Between the hours and my drive, I'm lucky if I get six hours of sleep a night. What advice do you have for dealing with a schedule like this? I responded to our listener that long hours can be really challenging. I know that some industries and organizations pride themselves on grueling hours. In general, I think this is a big mistake. From studying time logs, I found a definite point of diminishing returns. Most people cannot do productive work for more than 40 to 50 hours a week over a sustained period of time. Of course, what's often happening is that places with reported 70 or 80 hour work weeks are actually only featuring 40 to 50 hours of real work. But there can be a lot of sitting around, being available though not on, or waiting for other people. I think recognizing this aspect of long hour jobs can help with managing energy. And there are some other things to try too. First, whenever someone is feeling overwhelmed, I recommend tracking time. It's good to know the exact dimensions of long weeks. Our listener says she frequently works 12 to 13 hour days. Does this mean they're all 12 to 13 hours or are some days shorter? Is there a pattern to when these shorter days happen? What is the rhythm of these 12 to 13 hour days? Are there periods of holding and periods of intensity? The most important question, does she generally have weekends off? Needless to say, five 12-hour days are more manageable than six or seven 12-hour days per week, so this matters quite a bit. Once she has the landscape of her time plotted out, she can start to figure out how to strategically build in rejuvenating non-work activities. If people work long hours during the week, but generally have weekends off, then the answer to this question is pretty simple. Push the bulk of your relationship time and self-care to your days off. Weekends are real days too. They really count. We don't need to write them off as irrelevant to our schedules. 
On the sleep front, while it's better to get the same amount every night, someone who sleeps six hours, four nights per week, and nine hours, three nights per week, is getting 51 hours a week, which is about 7.3 hours a day on average, which isn't bad at all. Likewise, while it's better to exercise more days of the week than not, someone who exercises consistently for 60 to 90 minutes on Saturday and Sunday is getting two to three hours of exercise per week. That's the same as someone who works out for 30 minutes, four to six days per week. And of course, seeing friends and family two days per week is much better than seeing them zero days per week. Celebrating these accomplishments feels a lot better than maintaining a narrative of having no time. I also think it's possible to fit in bits of self-care during the week too, even with long hours. For instance, if people take smoke breaks, then our listener can probably slip away for five to 10 minutes to get in a brief walk. If there's downtime while she's waiting for people, she can get in the habit of using these little bits of time to read a book. Now, I know that in some organizations, whipping out a paperback out of your bag will send people into conniptions, but they don't actually have to know what you're doing. I feel like most people's heads are in their phones all day anyway. And if you're waiting for someone to give you something, they tend not to mind you looking at your phone. So put ebooks on your phone and read those. If you can't even access your phone, you can use little bits of downtime to meditate or pray or otherwise engage in positive reflective activities. These little treats can go a long way. Our listeners' workdays may end unpredictably, but it's still possible to plan around this. She should come up with a go-to option for any days that wind up on the shorter side. An 11-hour day, for instance, would get her home in time to FaceTime with a friend, or do a yoga video, or read for 30 minutes before going to bed. So she should figure out which of those to prioritize, or have a rotating schedule. Doing this will keep her from using any found time for scrolling online or checking social media, which, while easy, tends not to feel like the best use of extremely limited leisure time. Finally, while 12 to 13 hour days on their own might feel doable, I suspect our listeners' commute is what's really making this schedule feel unsustainable. So is there anything to be done about it? If she's renting, she should look into different options when her lease is up, even if it means something smaller or with roommates. If she owns her place, she should consider renting it out and moving elsewhere or putting her home on the market. Cutting a 70-minute drive down to 30 minutes each way would open up 80 minutes daily in her life. This would be a huge change that might sometimes make it possible to meet a friend for dinner or a drink during the week, or at least to score some downtime before going to bed. What advice do you have for our listener working long hours? You can let us know at Before Breakfast Podcast at iHeartMedia.com. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B E the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Before Breakfast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, 
visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey listeners, I know you love mornings. And with nearly 300 beaches in Puerto Rico, each one is a reason to wake up early and catch a picture-perfect sunrise. Puerto Rico has nearly 300 miles of coastline, and the island's diverse geography offers everything, from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water, to stunning black sand beaches, and beaches perfect for water sports. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.